the program, we have one of my favorite interviews uh, from back in big, 2005. Big, big interview. Big interview. And uh, that interview was with Ted Nugent. Oh, the Nuge. Yeah. So this is a, this is a good one uh, because really, I mean, just sitting next to him uh, and listening to him talk for a half an hour was mind-blowing like it was and that's what he wanted to do too he has, he he is a character isn't he he is and while you, i'm sure no one on this planet agrees with everything that he has to say he has obviously his supporters but um he's very opinionated he's on he's on the board of directors for the nra he's uh you know uh, i mean he's so smart with his words like I mean, just hearing him talk is really something. I disagree. I disagree. I think that he's very charismatic. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't think that he. And he's. I think that he's. I think that he's well spoken, loquacious. And maybe that's kind of what I'm going towards more. So, um, is him being well spoken, because he's. uh, I don't know. It was so entertaining just to hear him talk. I I mean. Well, he's a character. He is, and you'll get to hear Uh, it. uh, I'm just gonna keep, yeah. I'm gonna keep it to myself until after the interview, and then you can hear all about what I think of the nuge. Well, you're not gonna offend anybody, so you know you can splatter us with your opinion. That's what I always do, Steve. <laughs> I'm gonna hold back a little bit. I'm gonna keep it in reserve. I'm gonna play. We're playing a we're playing a game of of Texas Hold'em right now. I'm not gonna let you know what I've got. Okay, I'm not gonna let you know what I've got until the river. We're gonna play it cool. All right. Sounds great. <laughs> you don't. You don't need to know what that means. Don't I worry don't about know. it. Somebody out there got it. Somebody out there got it. Tweet, tweet concert pipeline at yahoo.com if you got uh, what Joe Wilson's throwing out there. Wait, 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 wait. We're tweeting concert pipeline at yahoo.com. I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> How did you screw that up? It's it's uh, twi- Our Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at concert pipeline. Okay, go ahead and tweet us if you think that I know. If you know. If you if you could tell Steve what our handle is, how about that? Can you tweet us and tell us what our handle is? And um, and then uh, also you can me- message us on Facebook at facebook.com <laughs> forward slash concert pipeline pod. Although God knows why you'd want to. <laughs> but you can. You can also subscribe to this podcast, can't you? You sure can. You can subscribe at iTunes. Uh, I would highly recommend it. I think that way you don't even have to come looking for us. We'll come to you. We will pop up on your smartphone and or Android device or on your computer. And you can listen to us anytime you please. I thought you, I thought you were making house calls with um, recording podcasts at people's houses. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I have no idea right now. <laughs> I know. I can, clearly, I have no idea either. You sound drunk, Steve. I wish. I wish. <laughs> then you'd have a good excuse. I know. I don't have a lot of excuse right now other than... No, there's no excuse, but I'm okay with it. So anyway, fuck that new jit. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mentioned that song to him um, uh, in the in interview. interview. Yes. I did. And you'll, you'll get to hear his reaction. The you listeners will. will get to hear his reaction. You will. It's, uh, you got to wait for it. Stay to the end. And again, don't scrub ahead. Don't scrub ahead. It was a bold move on your part, Steve. It was a ballsy question. It was. And he, but he, well, I'll, I'll save it. I'll save his reaction. Save it. Save his reaction. We'll, we'll talk about it after the interview. But first, let's get to 
our favorite segment. We're going to do a little bit of music news. Our first story up today is about Kiss. It seems like they're always in the music news these days, doesn't it? That's right. Kiss, Kiss is everywhere. We can't get away from them. So the the story this time is about Ace Freely and um, his uh, pre-recordings, some pre-recordings that he'd done um, being up for auction. This These stories are brought to us by antimusic.com forward slash day in rock. Um, so uh, this past week, um, some Ace Freely recordings were unearthed. Um, and the, uh, this is kind of a unique situation because the, uh, the recordings are actually uh, put up um, on eBay, these are these recordings are from his uh, previous psychedelic rock band Molimo uh, from 1971 before he went to to Kiss. So, I mean, I don't think many people would, you know, um, you know, overly seek it out, other than it's pre- uh, pre-Kiss. So it's you know probably got some value because of uh, they want to hear what he sounded like before Kiss, which probably isn't very you know amazing right but um but i don't think he said it that amazing with kiss oh but uh um but yeah so this was they were put up on ebay um and the auction actually brought in 40 over 4300 dollars um for the, these recordings wow. yeah exactly and it's i mean it's kind of unique though because it is a one-of-a-kind sort of thing right i mean no one else will really have it um because it wasn't distributed a lot, so uh, so that's yeah. It's 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 a rare collector's thing, you know. There are lots of discs uh, in the audiophile community that are highly desirable, and I'm sure that a rare recording of of somebody in their early years, you know, it would be like finding a a demo tape of uh, you know Kurt Cobain when he was 14, you know, even though uh, I'm not sure something like that exists. If it did exist, everybody would look for it and try to buy it. And even if it was crap, everybody would pay attention to it. Oh yeah, I mean, people are going to collect Those, that stuff, right? And and they'll probably right. be able to sell it for ten times as much in, in, you know, I mean, down the line as well. So, right, unless it's really bad, in which case, no, nobody will buy it. That's pr- probably the case. So, what if they bought it and then it was really bad? Exactly what they, <laughs> what we're talking about it as as in Mol- Molomo. That's their name, Molomo. Yeah, Molomo. Sure. I like to say Malomo. You say Malomo, I say Malomo. <laughs> I'm going to emphasize that word. I'm going to make sure I work it into common speech patterns. It's going to be a code word for something. Coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> you have to use it 10 times tomorrow. I'll do my best. I'm going to use it in our interview with, with uh, our upcoming interview, which we'll get to later in the program, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we have we have a big interview. That, another big interview that came after last week's podcast. Um, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. We're in music news. We I'm in music news. Music news mode. All right. What is your story? All right. Joe? So, so, so my my story is about Fleet of Foxes uh, or Flea Foxes. Flea Foxes frontman. It's a tongue twister. Uh, working on new music. So, Flea Foxes is a is a like a cult favorite. Uh, my oh. wife likes them a lot. Her friends like them a lot. They're really they're really talented. Kind of like mellow, um, rock. I wouldn't even call it rock. They're they're like folk rock, but anyway, they're uh, the the guy the front man right now, um, Robin Pecknold, uh, who's also the lead vocalist. Uh, well, I guess that's what a front man is. Front woman, I guess we're gonna call her a front woman. Um, 
But yeah, she said, you know, she never got an undergraduate degree because she decided to, to go and tour and be in a rock band instead. And why not? Um, why not? I mean, that's a hell of a life, right? Almost famous. Um, <clears throat> but that she's, uh, you know, since she's in college right now, but she's she's going back to college, but she's, she's working on some stuff and she's uh, excited to see what happens next musically. So, I mean, I don't think that there's anything quick coming out in the near future, but it's good to know that she's still working and that's, that's exciting for her fans. I would, I would imagine. Yeah. I'm sure they're ecstatic about that. On the edge Should of their be seats. fun. Should be fun. Another news, uh, uh, Ben Harper has hinted at retirement, which I think is, uh, I, I think that's really unfortunate. Um, I mean, he's Ben Harper's the man. He's so dope. Um, he describes himself as an overachieving slacker and uh, admitted that he's amazed with his own success. Um, but he might be ending his career, his touring career in the near future, um, which I think is shocking because that's kind of his bread and butter, isn't it? I mean, I haven't yeah. listened to a Ben Harper album in years, but I know that he still goes out and tours and like hops on the slide guitar and jams out hard. Uh, that's that's what he does. So, and he's a touring guy. I mean, he lives. I think he's been touring for perpetually for like over a decade. Yeah. What are you gonna do if you're Ben Harper and you're not uh, touring, playing live? Yeah, I don't see why. I don't see why he would do that. But, um, you know, maybe guy needs a break. I'm it sure could be also back. one of these. You you say re- retirement. The term retirement is so loose now it's, because it's uh, just yeah, you're gonna I go agree. away for five years, take a little break, and and then <coughs> come back and make ten times as much money, right? Right. They should call it hiatus. Yeah, exactly. Because right, very few bands really truly retire. I mean, along those lines, we're t- talking Fleetwood Mac said that they'd never play with Christine uh, McVeigh. I mean, because she left the band 17 years ago and right. and she's coming back and they're having this big monster tour. With, yeah, with just, her. yeah, when somebody and, throws money at it, it's and, hard to ignore. And just last year, Stevie Nicks said that, um, you know, that the odds of them ever playing together are, I mean, astronomical compared to a meteor hitting the earth pretty much so right and that actually that ties into our next story funny enough uh robert plant uh went on on the record this past week robert plant of led zeppelin saying that there's zero chance of a led zeppelin reunion um which i i mean i don't know i think that's kind of whack i don't know if you're familiar with the black crows but jimmy page and and robert plant have been playing together for years on and off and doing their own thing and i want to say that they also had another member of the band as part of the Black Crows. I know that it was Jimmy Page in the Black Crows, and I know Robert Plant was a singer, well, and I want to say that they got one more guy in there. Black Crows was the Robinson Brothers, right? Right, but Jimmy Page played with them, and then Robert Plant sang with them. So they basically, I mean, it's a pretty loose, I would say that, I mean, Jimmy Page and, and Robert Plant really were Led Zeppelin, although... The drummer, uh, whose name escapes me right now, it's pissing me off that I can't remember his name. Is it John uh, Paul Jones? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, is it? I mean, he's a beast. So, I, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, I, I don't think that they're. I think it's wrong of them to say that they're never going to get back together. I think there's a strong possibility that they will. And again, if somebody throws money at you, as a rock star, it's hard to say no because that's kind of what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's. You you play live you, 
you you do what you love and you do it for the fans also and for and for yourself you get a, a little bit of both from it right and right so, right even when even when you're so crusty you can't rock anymore and so to have one of the most legendary you know bands of all time and to be so close-minded towards the, uh, those the the possibility of coming back together and you know for, enjoying a summer back as the the band that you used you, you once were i mean it's 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 crazy so right right and they're um yeah i think i think it's sad that they've shut the door on that or at least that that uh robert plant has claimed that but uh that actually ties into another story here uh led zeppelin is going to be previewing that unreleased track we talked about a couple of podcasts ago <clears throat> pardon me <clears throat> excuse me um so uh that should be fun with the re-release of Led Zeppelin three, which came out originally in 1970. Um, and there there's, there's a pretty great song on that album that I really like. It's called hats off to Roy Harper. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it should be fun. Should be, yeah. uh, um, something I want to get your opinion on, um, the South by Southwest hit and run that I'm sure everybody's heard about by now. Uh, the suspect is facing more charges. Um, so, uh, I think it was about a month or so ago, well, during South by Southwest, right? Right, um, about three weeks ago. That the uh, this guy who was performing... Um, by three weeks ago, we mean like early April. Mm-hmm. Um, Rashad uh, Sharjan Owens, um, he's being hit with some additional charges. Um, he, uh, he'll face four new counts of assault following the incident last month, which caused the death, death of four people and injured 17 others. He plowed over a ton of people at South by Southwest, not even stopping yeah. just to get out of a DUI checkpoint. Uh, yeah, that guy's, a, that guy's a piece of shit. My words, exactly. Took him right out of my mouth. Um, and so he was 21 years old and his life's gone, right? I mean, he his previous bail was at $5 million. They're going to throw an extra half a mil on that. Um, yeah. And well, listen. In case that, in case he needs to find one more wealthy uncle to help pay for this bail. Yeah, I mean, he he rots in jail, right? I mean, hundred percent, hundred percent. Obviously, he's not a danger to society, except for yeah. the fact that he was so grossly negligent that he ruined the lives of countless, you know, yeah. hundreds of people. Yeah, because you're not even just talking about the people who are hit. You're talking about all. You're their talking about families. their family. Yeah. yeah, their friends, their lives are fucked because this guy decided he wanted to run them over so because selfish. he didn't want to accept responsibility. Yeah, it's horrible. And so he has yeah. 24 counts of aggravated assault and two counts of capital murder. Um, rest was arrested March 13th um, after being tasered following a car chase. Um, and the vehicle believed to be stolen was driven into a, a bunch of South by South West fans who were waiting to enter music venue for a show so just say yeah. that guy rots in jail i mean yeah it, i mean that's i agree i don't like the thought of paying for his incarceration for now until the end of his life but i don't like the thought of killing him over it i think he should have to live with the guilt yeah i don't know yeah i, I definitely see both ways and i i think that people like this have no place you know here and so they're while they're living with the guilt okay what's that gonna really do in the long run, you know, I mean, he's going to become institutionalized. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, we're going to pay to sit, uh, sit in there all day. We're going to, I mean, it's going to be either way. He's going to be a cost of of a lot of money to us to do what, you know, um, what, what will he ever contribute back to the society? Nothing. Yeah. You know, who, well, well, who knows? I mean, someday he's a young man and, uh, 
you know, I would imagine that they're going to keep him in jail for 20 years, but 20 years from now, they're going to, you know, he might get a shot at, at a second, at redemption in a second life, you know, who knows? That's, that's part of it too, is like, I think that in the folly of youth, you can make those kinds of mistakes and there are certainly heinous crimes that are inexcusable, but something, and that's a pretty fucking heinous crime. And I don't think that any, he should ever live it down. But I also don't think that as a result of, of very poor judgment that he should be condemned. I think that, you know, he's going to be a very different person 21 years from now when he's twice as old as he is now. And uh, I think that he has the opportunity to redeem himself through actions later in life in, in some small respect to bring it back to, to zero. No way. He's net negative, man. <laughs> that guy, that guy was a detriment for sure. But I think that if we can get a little bit out of him before he dies, that that'll be better than just ending it now and not giving him the opportunity to redeem himself. True story. So let's do one more story. Um, Slipknot wouldn't help Paul Gray, according to his widow. Um, so um, last week, Slipknot, um, Slipknot's, here, here's kind of the recap, right? The widow of late Slipknot bassist Paul Gray has claimed his bandmates refused her, her pleas to help him just days before he died. Gray's body was found in a hotel room in 2010 after he lost his battle against drug addiction. Uh, the band is still not fully recovered from the derailment and only recently started work on their first album since the co-founder's death. Uh, Brianna Gray, testifying at the trial of her late husband's uh, doctor, recounted her memories of the days leading up to the tragedy. She said that she staged an intervention that involved her family, but no members of Slipknot, although she advised the band's manager of Gray's situation. Um, she later asked the musicians directly for help, and she said, One was playing golf two minutes away from our house but couldn't come. No one else cared. Nobody was involved. They told me it was my problem. Your thoughts? That is so shitty. Yeah, it's such a sad thing to hear. I mean... God, uh, that's awful. Yeah. That's, it takes the wind out of my sails, Steve. I don't know why you brought it so low. <laughs> you brought it low. I'm, it I'm, I'm feeling sad. I feel like... Uh, Feel like like shutting myself in a in a dark room, and drinking. Well, we're here for you, Joe. Thanks, I appreciate that. Oh, you better be. You're the one who put me there. <laughs> me and the concert pipeline audience. Well, no, the concert pipeline audience. I might come out of the out of the dark room for them. But you put me. You put me in a funk. <laughs> you got to bring me back out of the funk. Well, I th hopefully this interview with Ted Nugent will do that for you. I actually might come out for that too. I do. I do love me some crazy asshole. <laughs> you're letting your opinion slide here. You're you're starting to give us no, 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 no. I didn't allude to anything. <laughs> what do I think of Ted Nugent? We'll find out. Uh-huh. In our ne in our next after after the interview, let's, let's come back to it. There you go. You wanted to let the audience know some concerts that they should go to first, right? Uh, yeah, just a couple upcoming concerts here in the Bay Area. Um, this Wednesday, there's going to be a band that we're going to be doing an interview with. But we're not going to get to that now. We're going to get to that later. Um, to be honest with you, it's still there's, we're in somewhat of a, of a, of a drought here musically uh, in the Bay Area right now. And I think that it's important to note that for some reason... I don't know. I don't know what it is, but they're just there. I'm not saying there aren't any acts in the Bay. I'm just saying there aren't that many good acts in the Bay. Am I wrong, Steve Jones? Not really. Not right now. Wait till May. Um, check back. Well, I guess May is right on the horizon, but I mean, in the 
as we get into later May and then get to the summer, we get to the big festivals and the big, uh, the big concerts and lots of, you know, amphitheater tours and, and that sort of thing. And, and those are always fun. Even, you know, uh, if you don't love all the bands that are playing, it's fun to get out and go see a show and, um, and be on the lawn or what have you. So, um, right. So, but right now, yeah, it's, it's kind of dry. So yeah, it sucks. I was going to recommend some shows, but I mean, we did that last podcast and you know, none of those were that earth shaking. None of those are shows that I'm like, get out. You have to see this band. You know, I, I can't, I honestly can't think of a, well, when, one that I can really recommend. Um, that's toe the wet, toe the wet sprocket at the uptown. There you go. There you go. That's May 3rd, ladies and gentlemen. We got to- one. Oh, the West Rocket, of course, famous uh, for their '90s uh, uh, pop popness. Poppy. Oh, there's a good one, Ingrid Michaelson. I really like Ingrid Michaelson a lot. She, uh, I only have her first album, but she's a really talented singer songwriter. She's coming to the Fox Theater in Oakland uh, on May fifth. Cinco de Mayo. Uh, Cinco de Mayo. That's going to be a shit show, <laughs> but it'll, uh, she'll be good. Um, Childish Cambino. It's coming to the Fox Theater in Oakland the following day. Uh, I'm. I, do you know who Childish Gambino is, Steve Jones? Not really, no. No. Okay, so you're living in you're living in in the dark here. Um, Childish Gambino is popular with the kids, real popular with the kids these days. Um, <clears throat> he's a hip hop artist and actor who has. Uh, he's he's become very popular in the past couple of years, and I'm not going to say he's not talented. Because he is, he's he's good at what he does, but I, I I feel like he's like a diet usher. Just where I'm coming from is like, you know, he's just like a hip hop and usher. Usher's a beautiful singer and dancer. This guy's this guy's a good lyricist and dancer, but I don't know, man. You know what? He's more like Drake actually. He's like Drake, and that's not good. Nobody wants to be like Drake, because Drake's like Drake's the type of guy who. Drake's the type of guy who likes, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to say any of those jokes. I don't think you know any of those jokes. I couldn't even name a Drake song if you asked me to, so. Oh, man, you are out of the loop with the kids these days. Ugh. Just wait. Your daughter's going to be listening to Drake in like four or five years. Not on my watch. <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, she's going to listen to what she likes. You can't help You can't help that. She might go through a uh, Smash Mouth phase. One can only hope. <laughs> uh morrissey is coming to town may 7th uh morrissey's gonna be playing at the uh maybe if he doesn't cancel right he has a history of cancellations he's a flake worse than joe wilson barely who oh how dare you <laughs> i'd be getting better i'm doing better um maybe he will too maybe joe coy is gonna be in town for a couple weeks here he's gonna be playing at the improv in san jose Early May, May 8th as well. Um, Joe Coy is a really funny stand-up comedian. Uh, does a lot of appearances on the Adam Carolla show. Um, has a hit character. Uh, he does this this Asian guy called Bung Lu Su. Uh, hilarious, hilarious stuff. Um, OAR is coming to the Independent May 9th. That's a show I would go see. In fact, we should go see that show. OAR is of a revolution. Um, that's just that's just fun music right there. Those guys are, are really talented. Um it's it's like reggae rock and it's so good, um, so I would check I would check them out if I was you. They're gonna be playing the next night also at the Independent. <clears throat> um, 
there's the uh, I was gonna say there's one more George Clinton in the Parliament Funkadelic. That's what you're looking for. You nailed it. That's it. How did you know? He's gonna be at Yoshi's uh, on the eighth and ninth of May. So that'll be fun. And and those are a couple of concerts that you should check check out. So right, James Blunt is playing at the Fillmore. There you go. Oh, uh, yeah, James Blunt. Yes. I love them some James Blunt. Yeah. Um, so so why don't we get into the meat of the program? To the meat of the program. We've had the potatoes. We've had the carrots. Let's get to the meat of the program. Exactly. And that is the Nuge. Uh, so he played... Nuge. Steve, what do you think of Ted Nugent? Um, you know, actually, I like his music. Um, he's obviously, I mean, he sold over 75 million records. Uh, he's got his place in rock and classic rock history. And no matter what your thoughts are of him as a person, again, um, his music is, uh, you know, has lasted the uh, test of time. And uh, gotta love Cat Scratch Fever, uh, Wango Tango, you know, all the, all the greats, right? You're biting your tongue, and I think it's bleeding. <laughs> I uh, I like Cat Scratch Fever. That's a fun song, and you'll get to hear sure. it tonight on the on the program. Right, that's coming up. But um, I think, you know, I think that I think it's good to be opinionated. I'm opinionated, obviously, way too much. Uh, I'm sure that it's <clears throat> unappealing to a certain. Uh, excuse me, I apologize. I'm getting over a cold, folks. I'm like you. If you're a fan of the show. Subscribe on iTunes. Check us out at Concert Pipeline on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Concert Pipeline Pod. And send Joe um, some music next. If Yes, exactly. If you're a fan of the show, you know that I'm perpetually sick. Always, always ill, uh, which is, you know, to say unfortunate. Um, it's probably work-related stress because I work really hard. I take myself way too seriously. Um, but I, I apologize again for for the clearing of the throat but back to the 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 heart of the matter ted nugent um i'm an opinionated guy i'm outspoken i say what i feel and what i think uh i'm certainly not afraid to criticize but i think that that it's important to note that i'm i'm sitting in the very uh beneficial seat of being a pure critic i have no material of my own with which to be critiqued back uh, unless you're critiquing this podcast, and it's all Steve. I blame Steve for everything. So you can't be mad at me uh, about these things not meeting your expectations of quality. Steve's supposed to be editing and, and quality certifying baby, um, which he'll do. I can't make later. water into wine, Joe. That, I, that's right. I guess you're not a miracle man. Um, but you do, you do your best. And I think you do pretty well. Uh, don't be too hard on yourself. You do a good job. But um, I, think it's, I think it's important to note that um, – that I, although I do hate a lot, it's mostly justified. It's not just like absent-minded, you know, oh, it's bullshit. Like, I'm not going to sit here and hate on Childish Gambino. Am I a fan? I am not. But I acknowledge that the man has talent. It's the same thing with Drake. I don't like Drake at all, but Drake has some appeal. Ted Nugent ha- at least has some talent, but I, not, I, I, don't, I don't like him as a person. I think he's a shitty human being. You know, Ted Nugent's uh, this neocon, uh, neoconservative, like, cartoon. And, you know, it's not an act for him. He's dead serious. 
You know, the guy doesn't wear the cowboy hat and the camo shirt as part of his shtick, although it kind of is. But he also he isn't gun tote neocon, and listening to the shit that comes out of his mouth is really frustrating because he's not. I wouldn't say that he's intelligently opinionated. I don't think that he offers any kind of substance. You'll hear. You'll hear in the interview. You'll hear. You'll hear in the interview. You'll hear. But let them judge for what, themselves, what, right? Yeah, I'm gonna let you guys judge for yourselves, and then I'm gonna judge, and then I'll drop the hammer. There you go. Let's check out Ted Nugent. How's it going? I'm Steve Jones, and this is Concert Pipeline. I'm here with the news. Ted Nugent, how you doing tonight, sir? The Concert Pipeline. Concert is pipeline. that what I'm on right now? That's what you're you on You know, right my now. life is one big, giant concert pipeline. In fact, I think it's no, important to note for my friends who love rock and roll that I recently had one of my trucks tuned up so it goes 90 yards to the gallon. Really? And we have a huge pipeline directly connected to a Saudi prince's ass sucking raw crude. From the Saudi that was humor, that. Steve. That was I humor. want a good, that... hearty guffaw out of you. <laughs> How is that? What a pup. How is that? What a pup. That's very handsome. That's good. That's good. Now, Learn to enjoy I, Oh, no, I enjoy, I enjoy every minute of this. I'm funnier than Richard Pryor on fire. Remember when the Afro went Richard. poof? Oh, man, you're, you're funnier than Richard Pryor on something. On fire, but... yes. Yeah. I love Richard Pryor. What a great inspiration. Yeah. In fact, I quote him often on stage when I say, let's have a laurel and hearty handshake and a warm welcome for our new... Nugent. That's Are you key. familiar with my music? I am. Because I, I see a certain fire in your eyes there, like you celebrated Wango Tango on occasion. Wango, Wango Tango. That's one of my favorite new well, songs, what actually. What a beautiful little love song that is, isn't it? I love it. I, I love Wango crave Tango. Wango Tango. What a great guitar like, huh? Yeah. Now, did they, they, the they name the concert festival uh, down I saw Club. that, but, you know, I have some Hispanic blood in me. I'm a big uh, fan of beans and tacos, and I love swimming north across the Rio Grande, which almost makes me Hispanic. That, you know, that would <laughs> I understand, sense. Steve. Now, this is an exclusive on the what, Rock and Roll Pipeline? Concert Pipeline. Concert Pipeline on the Concert Pipeline. Now, pay attention. I understand that not only was I named Black Redneck of the Year last night, I won that. That's, that's 57 years in a row I've won Black Redneck of the Year. But more importantly, <laughs> that I understand that there's a, a, a groundswell of activism, like um, we call that um, um, grassroots. There's a grassroots move afoot that wants to vote Wango Tango as the official United States of America immigration theme song. Oh man. So that's so right at the the Mexico borderline, you know, oh, you oh, gotta oh. do the Wango Tango. Yes. Tango huevos de toro. Get somebody to translate that for me. But that is a I actually have song. my Spanish English uh, dictionary uh, on it. It means I have the balls of a bull. I would imagine nothing less, so um can you describe for us your first time picking up a guitar? Yeah, I can, actually. Um, I was lucky to be born. I mean, I thank God every day for this. Not just being born, but being born in 1948. You realize it was only, I think, three years after Les Paul had electrified the guitar. Yeah. Thank God for Les Paul. Salute to the electronic Genius. warrior. Um, and by the time I was born, Little Richard had, and Bo Diddley and Chuck Berry were already perfecting and beautifying what Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Waters and Lightning Hopkins and all the original rhythm and blues and blues masters had projected via the, the, the down-home emotional, spiritual music of the blues and the, and the rhythm and blues. I was probably only five or six years old. Uh, that would have been by 1952 or so, 53, 54. And 
already, Ed, the Ed Sullivan Show was already baptizing everyone from Steven Tyler to Billy Joel to, uh, to every rock and roller that would come forth. And I was so turned on by the primal scream of it all, by the uninhibitus, the irreverence, the defiance of it all, that it wasn't enough just to dance as a little boy to this intoxicating un uninhibitedness, but I wanted to actually emulate it. I wanted to play it myself. So my aunt, Nancy, my mother's, my mother, a great saint of a woman, my mother uh, and her sister, Nancy, would do like goofy, versions of like folky type songs like you are my sunshine and puff the magic dragon or other, other such silliness and but they would play the guitar in a real almost ferocious crazy style a lot of flinging and flanging <laughs> and i was just a little boy and i got a kick out of their uppityness their their um vitality for the music and of course music should be a soundtrack for the human experience in all its good bad and uglies and the intoxicating effect of their positive energy when playing the music caused me to grab the guitar as a little boy and emulate them. And tonight, in 2005, literally 50 years later, that's wild, 50 years later, I'll be 57 this year, um, the energy <laughs> is stupid. It's off the charts. It will scare you, young gentlemen, what Mick Brown on the drums and Barry Sparks on the bass guitar, these gods of thunder like the Funk Brothers of Motown and the original uh, outrageous rhythm sections of Chuck and Bo and, and of course spawned by James Brown and Little Richard and all the black artists. That's alive and well 50 years later in 2005 to the point where it's unprecedented. I guarantee tonight we will go to mountaintops that we didn't even know were available last night just because we challenge each other, spawned by those originators that's in us every night.
chance to see you a couple years ago when you opened for ZZ Top. That was cute. We're out here? Oh uh, yeah, at Shoreline I think it was. Yeah, that was that was that was great. It was great. But our worst night, our very worst night is great. Yeah. Our best night is indescribable. And and it's tough to capsulize and to reduce my 3-hour show into one hour, like we did with ZZ Top, yeah. and like we did when we were with Kiss, or when we were with any of these great bands. I've, I've opened up and for, and had opened up for me, every great band that ever existed. I mean, I've both opened up for Aerosmith, and they've opened up for me, and I've opened up for ZZ Top, and they've opened up for me, and, and it, when you reduce your uninhibited, unleashed two to three hour set, and try to um, do a synopsis in 60 minutes, it's like interruptus raucous. It's like, it's a beast, but the beast would rather continue running after the hour mark. So what you saw was certainly baptized to the intensity of a Ted Nugent musical jihad, but tonight you will have your head completely removed, and I will defecate down your neck. I am completely ready for that. With love. It'll be a loving gesture. (laughs) Nonetheless, there will be some plumbing eruption. Your most amazing tours, like, what, what did you say that those were ZZ Top with well, Aerosmith, Kiss? Stop and think, Steve. Um, I've jammed with a naked African around a campfire with him beating on a stretched skin. Yeah. Just me and another naked black guy. Two naked black guys around a campfire <laughs> in Botswana, you know? So I've been there. Plus, I've also jammed in a little room smaller than this with Jimi Hendrix and Mike Bloomfield and B.B. King and Stevie Ray Vaughan and Eddie Van Halen and Rick Derringer, and uh, I played bass with Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley, so I've already been to mountaintops that most people don't know exist. But when I perform as, as, a, as part of a concert with a Kiss or a ZZ Top or a Van Halen or, or Hart or, or, or one of my all-time favorites, uh, uh, Sammy Hagar, I mean, there, I've, been, I've been able to witness and be a part of the greatest musical events in the history of the world. And I'm just a lucky guy to be able to do that. So you can't really categorize one as really better than the other. But I have to tell you, that moment with Jimi Hendrix in 1969 in a dressing room in Atlanta was uh, uh, spiritually uh, invigorating and physically and musically uh, inspiring to the heights of which I don't know if there's another encounter that could really uh, parallel that. 
So I've, I've really been to uh, amazing mountaintops. Now, how'd you get labeled the... The Motor City Madman. I gave myself the label because we had CB radios back in the 60s in our vans and in our, our touring trucks. And everybody came up with a silly handle, a silly name for their CB communications or their uh, CB radio communications. And I just one night called myself the Motor City Madman because I love the Motor City. Detroit. I love the spirit of Detroit and the music of the Funk Brothers of Motown. And whether it's the MC5 or Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels or Bob Seger uh, or the Rationals or Aretha Franklin, but primarily the Funk Brothers, I, I like to celebrate that I'm from Detroit and I thought the Motor City Madman was kind of cute. Now, how's this tour, this tour that you're on right now, been going so far? Perfect. Uh, insane. I'm drunk on freedom. I'm intoxicated on Barry and mixed rhythm jihad. Uh, every night is just what every musician dreams of. I mean, the sound, the guitar tone from that Gibson Birdland, what Barry plays and what he puts into my classic songs and into the new songs. Um, it's like uh, Lewis and Clark, a musical Lewis and Clark. Uh, adventure every night and I just you know once again I just celebrate for I think the fact that I've been clean and sober for 57 years and I've been disciplined my father gave me the most important drive of quality of life and that is discipline that discipline forces me to sponge to radar the communication with a berry in the mick and you pick up on that and that accelerates your own musicality and then it's it's contained by the discipline of a Funk Brothers rhythm sound and rhythm approach to music, rhythm and blues approach to music, so that it, it is both grounded and out of control at the same time. And you have to watch it to see what I mean. Because even though we hate to admit we're white guys, we like to think we're huge black guys on stage every night, but the energy level belies the fact that there is a, a perplexity, yet a simplicity confluence to our music that is my favorite kind of music. directors for the NRA. Can yeah, I'm proud to be on the board of directors of the most. The, the National Rifle Association is the most important and powerful family 
American family grassroots organization that fights for the God-given right and we believe the social responsibility to always encourage and guarantee the right of good people to defend themselves. Anybody that's against that is a chimp. Anybody that's against the NRA is basically a primate um, of uh, questionable spiritual content. Uh, so I'm very proud to be on the board of directors of the NRA and Gun Owners of America and Brass Roots and the Law Enforcement Alliance of America. And I work closely with Mothers Against Drunk Driving, Students Against Destructive Decisions, the uh, Drug Abuse Resistance Education Program, Big Brothers Big Sisters, uh, the National Arbor Day Foundation. I mean, you name a, a children's charity, a conservation organization or a community grassroots organization like the NRA, I'm either on the board of directors or very, very much involved because I want to put more back into this American dream than I take out. How do you deal with like artists like Goldfinger who challenge your, you know, your ethics and uh, with songs through like Fuck Ted Nugent? I, I've never heard of Goldfinger. Is that a band? It's a band. Oh, that's Is nice. It? Nice. You really never heard that was a, I thought that was a movie about um, uh, uh, 007. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never heard that. What do, what, do they, what do they play? Rock and roll? They do. Do they? They yeah. do it good. Yeah, uh, they're they're pretty good. Uh, mm -hmm. rock and they have a song called "Fuck Ted Nugent." They do. Well, I think that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've seen as how that's the only way they can do it is in a song. Yeah. Because they know they can't. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Cool. I wish them luck. I I hope they put down the LSD and start taking care of themselves. Yeah. Now, what do you see for your future to wrap this up? My future? Yeah. My future is rock and roll and to make people like Goldfinger very uncomfortable and make them shit blood. Definitely. <laughs> no, my idea of uh, uh, future and tomorrow is to optimize the lessons learned today and yesterday and to continue to strive and accomplish quality of life upgrade in not only the Nugent family, but in all the families that I communicate with. In fact, I would encourage everybody watching the concert pipeline to come to tednugent.com and see that we're connected with the USO and injuredsoldiers.net and the law enforcement and military operations that really fight for quality of life. And I would like to think that everyone knows that that's how you get a better America and get a better quality of life and it's so easy it's stupid even the motor city madman figured it out Definitely. so i would encourage people to get more involved and to uh increase the upgrade in their daily activities primarily to condemn and to eliminate drinking and driving to condemn and eliminate the methamphetamine sin curse that's plaguing this great country and to quit poisoning our sacred temples with drugs and alcohol and tobacco and garbage chemically destroyed food till we bloat like a bunch of sperm whales and the obesity and the sicknesses that we are suicidingly bringing into our own lives. There's so much quality of life upgrade that can be happening right now if we just watch how we take care of our sacred temple and try to be better Americans for a stronger America so that the terrorists will end up all dying when they mess with us. Definitely. All right, Ted Nugent, thank all you right, for man. doing the interview God today. Bless the, uh, concert Pipeline, man. Thank you, and thanks for watching Concert Pipeline. Hey, this is Ted Nugent. I'm celebrating the American dream with my blood brothers on the Concert Pipeline. Live it up, you little monkeys. We're going to close it out here with one of Ted Nugent's all-time classic songs. Here is Ted Nugent's Wango Tango. <laughs>
right, so that was my interview with Ted Nugent back from 2005. Fuck Ted Nugent. Fuck him. <laughs> In the words of Goldfinger, right? In the words of Goldfinger, fuck Ted Nugent. Yeah. I, I'm, not, uh, no, seriously, though. Honestly, I was, like, I was surprised. I mean, we, to just kind of hit on that. He was smooth. He it, was smooth. Yeah, he, I, I, I don't know if it was an act or, you know, if he had truly never uh, heard of Goldfinger and the, uh, that song before, you'd think you would know about a song. I, but I he, think he's. I think he was playing it cool. Uh, he knew for sure. Somebody, sometimes, somewhere played that for him. I guarantee fucking tee it. Guarantee fucking tee it. Um, and and, and uh, he's not going to lend them any credibility. He's not going to make a comment. He's gonna he's gonna act aloof, and that's what he did. Who who's Goldfinger again? I don't know who that is. I've never heard of them before. Oh, okay. Well, now he's too cool to be concerned with a band that made a song called "Fuck Ted Nugent." And later that year, I had an interview with Goldfinger, and I meant to play that for them because I, I'm sure they would get such a kick out of it, but I forgot to. Uh, you forgot. I did. I don't know how you could. I don't know how you could. That's gold. I know. It was. Dear gold. I think we need to set up another interview with Goldfinger in order to get that back. We do. We need to get need. them back. Uh, they, uh, they, they have a lot of fun. Good yeah, times. They, and I haven't been around here for a while, so. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, that was the no. Ted Nugent interview, right? Right, so, and fuck Ted Nugent. So let's talk about what we have coming up on Concert Pipeline in two coming days. In two days. Two we days. Have an two days for 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 the time from the time this is posted, right? Yep. Uh, two days. We're going to be doing uh, an interview with uh, Twin Forks, uh, whose whose frontman is the uh, the very famous um, angsty pop writer. Chris Cabrera. Chris Caraba. Um, Caraba. I don't know why I always say that. Why no, do no. I always say Cabrera? You better not say that, though. You'll be... I'm going to call him Chris this. Cabrera to his face. He's like 5'2". What's he going to do? He's going to write, an email. That's he's gonna he's gonna write gonna a song about you. He's going to punch me in the mouth. I wouldn't actually ever want to piss him off. I'm a big fan. I really yeah. like Dashboard Confessional a lot. Further Seems Still. Forever. I I like Further Seems Forever a lot. I'm, I am a, I'm a fan, and I would really be hurt if... Uh, if I insulted him to his face or at all, I wouldn't want to besmirch his good name. Um, they're but playing. yeah, they, they're, uh, they're coming to town. They're going to be playing with Augustana. Um, and we're going to be doing an interview at that show. Oh, Steve knows Augustana personally. So maybe we'll get a little, little taste of the, of the Augustana as well. Um, <clears throat> since he did propose to his lovely wife on one, on stage at one of their shows. I did. You did. What a stud. That is romance right there. Um, but they're playing at where? Is that the Great American Music Hall? It is, yep. Boom. Um, and that's coming to you this Wednesday. So uh, if you guys... So they'll be on next you know, week on the podcast. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so it'll be the 30th of, of April. So if you guys are in town, you're in San Francisco, and you want to come on down, say what's up to us you know, uh, at the show, that'd be great. Help us hand out flyers after the show. That'd be great. <laughs> Steve's going to be handing out flyers. It's going to be great. Will it be great? Yeah, Steve's going to be great. You said it'll be great like 10 times. It will. It's going to be great. Cool. You know what else will be great? What's going to be great? Uh, When we have an interview with Kyle Gass uh, the the following week. That's going to be really great. It will be. (laughs) I'm going to emphasize how great it'll be by saying it's going to be really, really great. And do you know what else will be great? What else will be great? After that show, uh, it'll be great when I go to the Acoustic for a Cure show with Sammy Hagar, James Hetfield, Billy Joe Armstrong, 
Pat Monahan, Joe Satriani, Nancy Wilson, and and maybe more. Uh, I mean, big and old, friends. Exactly. Yeah, big old amazing concert that's gonna blow my head off. I'm sure. It'll that's, be yeah, that's gonna great. blow your mind. I think you're gonna need to wear earplugs. I don't know. It's acoustic. But I think I think you, that's true. It will be acoustic. They're still gonna rock your face yeah, off. It will. It'll I think you should wear. I think you should wear your 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 equipment and just interview people in the crowd, on stage. Just do it. Get backstage, man. Work your magic. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. All yeah. right. So big show's coming your way, ladies and gentlemen. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It will be. And and still working on Bottle Rock. Also, um, have some interviews scheduled for that. So that we'll probably be able to do that. Um, you know, later down the line. Anyway, lots coming on Concert Pipeline, um, and uh, so lots to tune in for. So tune in next time when we will have Twin Forks on the program. Anything else uh, you want to add before we wrap, Joe? Um, it's going to be great. Uh, fuck Ted Nugent. Okay, we'll leave it at that. All right, that's Stephen Jones. And that's Joe Wilson. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>